Hey guys, this is the OG here, and you are tuning into Gapping with Greg. I hope that you're having yourselves an amazing day. You guys know I always do. For today, we're going to be talking about Masks of New Generation. This is an ongoing series where I cover the tabletop game, Masks, and hopefully this will be able to help you out in getting started with uh, this game or potentially get you hooked into tabletop games in general. This is relatively easy and not too difficult of a game to get into, unlike some of the more intricate and more well-known tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons that has a, a bajillion rules. This game is pretty short and sweet. Uh, it will take some time to understand it and to fully get into the swing of it, especially if you're new to tabletop, but it's not too bad. There is a previous part where I covered just the general introduction of what masks is because it is a little bit uh, complicated. It can get very confusing, especially if you've heard of Dungeons and Dragons. It's not at all like that. In fact, it's a whole different system. If you want to find out more about that, then I highly recommend you check out my first part. But if you've already listened to it or if you have a general idea of what masks is, then you're pretty much good to go. In this part, I'm going to be covering some general basic rules that applies to most PBTA games, as well as some things to keep in mind of as you're beginning to prep your game. This can be very beneficial for both G uh, anyone that's interested in becoming a GM or a player, so it's very built for both. If you are planning to become a GM, I will have a specific episode dedicated to just how to GM a game of masks or any tabletop game for that matter because it will be uh, universal rules but mostly focusing on masks of course. Before we continue with this episode I have a quick advertisement commercial I want to provide to you. It's how I'm able to make this podcast possible. It'll take only 10, 20, maybe 30 seconds, but after that point, we'll get right into masks. So just stay tuned. Let's begin with the basics of Masks A New Generation. Before I get into the nitty gritty labels and conditions and roles, let's talk a little bit about what the system is and how it works. Masks of New Generation is a bit different from Dungeons and Dragons, which is probably the most common tabletop game that everyone would know of. With Dungeons and Dragons, there's a lot of different things factored in, which is, which is included but not limited to polyhedral dice, different rules involving spell casting, positioning, weapons, armor class, and many other factors. With masks, or most PBTA games for example, are more on the narrative side. They do involve gear and stats, just like any other tabletop game, but the main focus on any PBTA game is mostly the narrative rather than the mechanics. 
if you're more interested in the nitty-gritty stats and statistics like Final Fantasy for example with Final Fantasy you have to worry about your stats and equipment and positioning then I would say a game like Dungeons & Dragons would probably be more up your alley. This game kind of makes everything more simple and it can be a bad thing depending on what you're looking for but it is really good if you're trying to get into tabletop games and you're a little bit too overwhelmed by some of the rules and mechanics it's pretty straightforward there's a couple of things you have to keep in mind but anyone can kind of get into it right away all ppta games universally use 2d6 dice you will find a couple exceptions where you might need to use a different sided dice but for the most part you're only going to need the 2d6 this is what's going to be used for virtually any roll the unique thing about these rolls is that they're separated into three results in most games you might have a success or a failure but in PBTA games, you're going to have a miss, partial hit, and a full hit. A miss is when you attempted to do something and you failed. Maybe you failed miserably. Maybe you were just close, but just didn't quite hit it. This is actually another way for you to get experience or potential. With masks, potential is your is a way for your character to grow and get stronger, and it allows you to unlock cool moves and extra bonuses for your character. Misses ranges from two to six, depending on your dice roll. Partial hits or partial successes are dice rolls that ranges from seven to nine. This means that you've succeeded in what it is that you were attempting to do, but you didn't quite succeed in the way you wanted to. Or maybe there was an effect that you maybe you didn't wish to happen. And usually the GM will decide what that is, and it's usually pretty interesting depending on the situation. <laughs> Lastly, we have full hits or full successes. If you roll a 10 and above, everything that you wanted to happen will pretty much happen. Now, I will say pretty much because it still comes down to the GM exactly what makes sense from a narrative standpoint. As I said before, the game is a narrative game and it has to go down as well as it has to come down to what makes the most sense. For example, if you made a character, a superhero character, that's very skilled at acrobatics and hand-to-hand -hand combat, he may not necessarily be ha he may not necessarily have super strength. So it might be really far-fetched for him to be able to lift a two-ton car. Maybe he might have the ability to maybe lift a certain amount of weight. But to lift a two-ton car is kind of unrealistic, and in which that case, you wouldn't be able to roll for it. As I said before, the game is different from Dungeons & Dragons, where it comes down to the narrative, and you might have a challenge rating or difficulty rating, a DC, um, to, that you have to roll to overcome. And under certain circumstances, depending on the rules of the game, I know with some of the previous editions of Dungeons & Dragons, you were able to roll natural 20 to automatically win. Unfortunately for PBTA games, it's a matter of can you trigger the move 
and then if you trigger the move, can you roll high enough to succeed? Triggers are a little bit different from most other games. In some games, you can just activate moves whenever you want to activate them. But with Mass, because it's a narrative-driven game, it has to make sense from a narrative standpoint that you're able to trigger it. For example, one of the bread and butter basic moves that any Mass character will probably use at least once is directly engage a threat. In order for this move to trigger, the opponent that you're trying to attack has to be a physical or threat, or has to be a threat to you in any matter. If your character is way too strong and there's no way that person would be able to handle that kind of attack, then the move wouldn't trigger. You just outright beat them up. However, if they are a threat, then the move would trigger, which would then give you the opportunity to roll. In all, in all the rules, apply to any other basic move. I won't go super in depth into all of them, I will leave that for another part, but this is just a general premise and general system that you have to use and apply to everything else. Now that we covered all of the general functions of basic moves, let's get into the most important part of these moves, the labels. Labels are in a way stats for your character. It affects how you do certain basic moves, but it also affects how you are seen. There are five basic labels that any player is given automatically, and the labels ranges from negative two to plus three. This in a way becomes your stat modifier when added to any specific basic move. Danger is how dangerous you are. Are you a big threat to the people that you're fighting against? Are you a big threat to the city? It's not only the stat, but it's also how people see you. This label, danger, goes into directly engaging a threat. You add that to any move we add that to any time you roll for directly engaged threat. Next, you have freak. Freak is refers to your ability to use your well, the ability for you to use your powers. Typically, a, a player that has all sorts of crazy powers, ranging from magic to cosmic abilities, will typically have a high freak stat, and this goes towards unleashing your powers. Next, you have Savior. Savior is your ability to protect people. And usually, playbooks like the Legacy or the, Be or the Beacon might have a pretty decent Savior stat. Superior is your ability to kind of think outside the box, be very perceptive, be aware of things, and being able to outthink your opponents. And this move goes with assessing the situation or provoking your opponent. Again, like I said, I'll talk about all the basic moves in another part. And then lastly, we have mundane. And this goes more, it gets a little more complicated because when you read mundane, it def by definition, it means dull. And in a sense, it kind of is. But the idea of the mundane is that you're very human. You're someone that while you might be a hero, you're someone that's very approachable. Having a high stand in that is very beneficial. 
and it's probably one of the most underrated labels that I've seen in most of my time as a GM. But it is very helpful, and I highly recommend if you have one person really good with mundane, I, I, I would re highly recommend that you do something like that. The last two things I want to cover for today is conditions and advancements. Conditions are things that can be placed upon your character that affects your roles and in a way affects how you are functioning throughout the day. Masks is very different in the sense that you don't have a health bar. If you look at the character sheets, which I'll put a link in the description where you can take a look at it, you're going to notice there's no health bar whatsoever. But you will find a condition box. And this essentially represents how your character is doing on an emotional level, but also in a way a little bit on a physical level. You're only given a max of five conditions. When you mark out all five and you're in a position where you have to mark out one more, you're taken out of the scene. Whether it be from an area standpoint, you get knocked out, or from another standpoint, you have to flee because you're in distress. These conditions can be marked either through the GM telling you to do so, or if you take a powerful blow, which is a basic move, which I'll talk about, and you could mark conditions as a result of the roll. You want to tend to avoid these, and further, and, and not even just because you could get knocked out of the scene, but also because these conditions affect basic moves. Now the key thing is that it only affects the basic moves. You get an automatic minus two to any basic move that is directly associated with that condition. There are ways that you can clear these conditions through certain actions, and a lot of that comes down to a narrative standpoint. For example, having the condition afraid marked, you can clear that by running away from something difficult. Say maybe there was a villain that wanted to confront you and you couldn't handle it. So you fled the scene and maybe you have left the villain to, to, to run around the city and go crazy. But you cleared afraid, which is a way to clear condition. The last thing to keep in mind with conditions is that conditions are only affecting basic moves. Any condition that you will get will only affect the basic moves. Any move that you get from your own playbook does not apply. And this also includes adult moves, which you can get by advancement. Speaking of advancements, advancements, as I said earlier, is a way for your character to grow and get stronger. As you mark potential, which is experience for your character, you get closer towards filling your advancement track. You can get potential through various moves and or rolling misses. As you mark them out, you'll unlock cool and unique moves and or narrative based things for your character. For example, the beacon, which is the first playbook that you'll see available to you under the masks um, webpage, you'll find there's moves where you can take another move from your own playbook you can take a move from another playbook. You can get someone to permanently lose influence over you. And you can even rearrange your labels. 
Just to briefly cover influence, which I'll leave for another part of the video, it is a rather complicated system, but influence is basically short for these people influence you. Their words mean a lot to you. You can give influence out to players and other people, but all adults automatically have influence over you because they're adults and you're a teenager. Teenagers always look up to adults and they care about what they say to them at all times. And this can get into very interesting dynamics where the adult might try to tell you how to do your job, how to be a hero, or how to act in society. I'll go more in depth into this into another part. But for now, I would highly recommend that you just focus on a couple of things, bits and pieces at a time. The key things to take away from this is how labels factor into your roles. When you make a role, what are the three results that you can get? How whenever you how to get advancements, how to progress through the game, and knowing when knowing how the moves work, how the moves trigger. The system is very different, and I would say for sure if you've been used to using Dungeons and Dragons, you're gonna look at the system is gonna be rather confusing. It's gonna be very different, but I promise you. As you go through, you'll get more into the swing of it, and I highly recommend that you just practice as you go. A good way to practice, if you say didn't want to get into anything too nitty gritty with the rules, just practice taking out your two-sided dice and imagining yourself in a scenario in which you're fighting a bad guy, and you're going to have to duke it out with them. Practice rolling and seeing, okay. If I rolled a miss, that means your attack didn't work, and then your and then the villain might try to counterattack. You rolled seven to nine, maybe you landed a hit, but they landed a hit on you. You roll a full hit, maybe everything went completely fine, and you went and you laid out the villain. That's a good way to practice and get into the swing of how the system works. Later on, the next parts, the next couple parts of this, I'm going to go more in depth into the basic moves as well as the the things that are needed to start creating a character sheet. Once when you create a character sheet and understand the basic parts of the moves, then you're pretty much on your way to running your first game of masks. This will bring this episode to a close. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, this is also an ongoing series where I will talk more about masks and some of the cool tips and tricks 
um, to help you get started and help you run your game of Mask, as well as just uh, things to help you play. Um, just near pretty much anything Mask related. I'm planning to have a lot of different guests to appear as well, just to talk more about their experiences and some of the cool things that they like about Masks. So if you found this to be very helpful or very entertaining, be sure to give me a follow or um, give this a like, depending on whatever platform you're hearing this from, and just keep a lookout. Furthermore, if you are a huge fan of Masks New Generation and you want to kind of give your input, Feel free to hit me up. I'm more than happy to collaborate with any of you guys. So just, you know, keep a lookout. Once again, this is the OG and you have been tuning in to Gapping with Greg. Have yourself a chill day.